Yeah. All right. Hey. All right. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to episode one of the Dice of Thunder podcast. We're here. Oh, my gosh. Episode your, one. Can't believe it. <laughs> you guys are fired up. I love it. Yes. Uh, now, I am your host and game master, Scott Hoffman, <laughs> and you're listening to a Pathfinder 2nd Edition actual play podcast. Now, in a moment, you'll meet some wonderful people who will be joining me on this journey. But first, allow me to say thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. This podcast is a huge labor of love for all of us. And we're not professional actors or broadcasters. We're just a group of friends and family sitting around a table, telling a story, and having as much fun as possible. And we get to share that with all of you through this little, you know, show. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So uh, what are we playing? Well, we're playing Pathfinder. This game is what's known as a tabletop role-playing game. There are many other TTRPGs out there. You've probably heard of Dungeons & Dragons. It's a little, little game that's been around for a minute. Uh, Call of Cthulhu or even Cyberpunk, which is not just a video game, is started out as a, a TTRPG. So what makes a, a tabletop role-playing game unique and fun is that one person takes on the role of a narrator or a storyteller. And in Pathfinder, that person is called the Game Master or GM. The other players in the game take on a single persona called a player character or PC. So let's get to know the, our players. Um, I'm going to start here on my left. Please, sir, introduce yourself. Give us a, a little tidbit about you, your character's name, their ancestry, and your class. Three things. So those three things. That's okay. it, Jordan. <laughs> I understood. understood. I want to say first, my name is Duval. I am a real actor. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And this is not a little thing. Speak for yourself. You know what oh. I'm saying? Um, uh, and I am, I am playing uh, Kairos Davalo, who is a Shisk Magus Oracle. It's got a pretty dope backstory, but I won't say anything else because I only got three things to say. <laughs> I think I said them all. Check, check, check. Let's do it. Awesome. I'm Greg Santee, and I am playing Darnayru, who is a cat folk rogue. Little runny, runny, hidey, hidey, stabby, stabby. Meow, meow. Meow, 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 boy. My name is Brittany Hoffman. I'll be playing Luton. She is an Undine Sprite, and she's dual-classed as a Druid Sorcerer. She also has a familiar named Cal-El. He's a Black Jaguar. And her characters are immortal. <laughs> yeah, there Basically. will be no killy-killy. <laughs> there are very much special favors. I know right, how to talk. Right, right. There will be many. <laughs> Great much favors. My name is Jordan Elwanger. Yeah. I will be playing Balnor, who is an automaton. And he is a gunslinger detective. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, my name is Scott Hoffman, and I'm the game master of the Dice of Thunder. Outside of this fun fantasy imagination land, I am a construction project manager and a mechanical engineer here in beautiful, sunny, never rainy Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> Say it loud. Tacoma. 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 Tech. Compton, uh, and <laughs> and I'll be playing literally every other character, monster, pieces of the environment, uh, you name it in the in the game. You so, mean every rock and cre- every, tree and creature? That's right. They all have souls. Has a spirit and has a name. <laughs> Can you paint? And if you ask <laughs> with me all the colors of the are, wind, yeah. <laughs> have you ever? I got heard the wind <laughs> cry. 
to the blue, blue corn moon? Is it blue corn? corn? I, don't I always thought it was corn. I think it's corn. Here's the problem. I know it's a lot corn. of Disney lyrics really that I probably don't need to know. Wow. Pretty sure it's blue corn. I appreciate that. Welcome to the Dice Please. of Thunder podcast, a Disney appreciation. <laughs> yes, thank you. Now, our, our goal on this podcast is really straightforward. We are trying to have as much fun as humanly possible while playing this amazing game and share that fun with our friend Duncan, who is probably the <laughs> only person listening to this podcast. And good buddy Phil. And good buddy Phil, yeah. of course. Good and probably Phil. our moms. And the Gales. The Gales. The Gales. The Gales. The Gales. Uh, we will have new episodes out every Monday. And our format is a little bit of banter up top of every show like we're doing right now. And But our commitment to you, our listeners, is to provide a solid hour of gameplay every week. So the Pathfinder faithful out there can just skip ahead. <laughs> uh, or not, because you'd love to listen to us. That's right. Uh, what we really want is for all of you to feel like you're just sitting in the room here with us while we play. And that's the magic of TTRPGs. Mm. You get a bunch of friends together and you're all goofing off, having a good time, but also crafting this fun story. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Duncan who crafted that amazing theme song. Yeah. Thank you, Duncan. Great job. Um, It sounds so good. Is if everybody praises that there will be more. Yeah. <laughs> so you know right in no um we are using some support programs as we play uh hero lab roll 20 and sirenscape are providing a lot of the background tools and direction and any of the background music stuff that you hear that we aren't mixing here live um, is provided by sirenscape which is a, a great tool for gms out there so gail when you're ready to roll up a new character sheet get sirenscape for your game come on yeah. Gail. <laughs> i can picture it um so uh i want to ask what's everybody's role-playing game experience prior to this uh jump in i don't have much uh i pl- a little bit yeah. we played a little a little bit of a campaign probably like six sessions or so um of, and of what game uh it was pathfinder first edition yeah. and uh i was trying to think i can't remember what the you remember what it was yeah, the it was second darkness second darkness okay thank you because i never remember that what was, it was the called. campaign yeah and uh, no, so it was a very short amount of time, uh, kind of fumbling our way through, figuring it out, uh, which it was a ton of fun. But other than that, I have like zero tabletop RPG experience. Um, so I'm really, but really it, excited. But a about wealth this. of but a wealth of RPG experience of RPG experience. <laughs> and I'm a giant nerd. Yeah. So and I'm and I'm cool with that. I'm comfortable in that skin. Sweet. We've accepted you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> what about you, Duval? Yeah, same. Well, I was, he, Duval was there. Yeah, I was the in that dark, he in was. the second darkness and rolled a uh, an archer or a, a ranger. He was a ranger. He was a ranger. Yeah. That was fun. He had a wolf. I d- he did have a. Have what a was wolf. the? His we were just talking. Peligro de hambre. That was the, that was <laughs> peligro. What was the wolf's name? Oh man, I don't remember though. Sausage. Sausage. No, name. no it, was, it was a good name. But that was fun. And then um, also been hanging out with most people at this table, doing nerdy things like gaming. Yeah, for a while. And nerding for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. What about uh, what about you, babe? Uh, we played so through. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which babe? You have uh, to. Well, you I know. made eye contact with my wife, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, would you please regale us with a tale from your RPG experience? Uh, we played Iron Fang Invasion. Yes, we did. Um, with good buddy Phil. Oh, it was amazing. It was great. Um, I don't really remember. And our good buddy Eric too. Yes, and yeah. Eric. And Duncan. And Duncan. Yep. <laughs> and several other people. Was Gail there? Jeez, come on. No, there were eight people in that campaign. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But I am learning that uh, Pathfinder 1st Edition is very different than 2nd Edition. Yeah, but in a a good way? In a good way. I don't know yet. I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I like it. I did play a druid uh, with yep. another cat. A different cat. A different cat, <laughs> yes. So she's just modifying, adapting, overcoming. Yeah. Pour one out for the last cat. <laughs> Didn't make it. <laughs> Meow. But that cat was also invulnerable. Yeah. There's... <laughs> that was a good group because you had your druid and had a jaguar. And then good buddy Phil had a barbarian by the name of Bjorn Bjornsson. Yes. Who was Bjorn amazing. Bjornsson. Had a bite attack. He was legit. Uh, an Ulfin. Uh, what about you, Jordan? I don't have any tabletop experience. We have this is, five minutes this is my first. of tabletop experience together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, I did roll uh, for a character in one of these campaigns you guys were talking about. I'm not sure which one it was. It was the Iron Fang Invasion. Iron Fang Invasion. Yeah. yeah so, and I had rolled for, it was like a half-orc fighter, I yeah. think. Um, but then I never started playing. I nope. don't know why. It's just because I'm a horrible person. The enemy of fun. You're here now. <laughs> you, know, <Yeah. laughs> you know what I'm really excited about is that my character when we played that was a, a like a pure caster. And so it's going to be yeah. kind of cool to not play a pure caster. When you played right Second now. Darkness, he was a wizard. He was a wizard, had a yeah. cat familiar. Yeah, and now right. look, yeah. that cat familiar is all grown up. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm laughing oh, at my own joke. It's a good one, though. <laughs> I, uh, but I'm very excited to be doing this. Oh, it's fun. And yeah, uh, like Greg, I'm, I am a huge nerd, um, but not with tabletop. So I'm happy to add this to my repertoire. Heck yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've all nerded out together in video games and what all of us in some form mm-hmm. or another. Yeah. We probably stormed your team a few times in a star Wars game <laughs> online. Yeah. 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 Made you turn off your, oh, yeah. for sure. I, probably <laughs> Duval and I were playing Madden the other day and I uninstalled the game. after. <laughs> That was fun. True story. Was fun. Oh, I was so great. mad. Rage quit. Yeah. I rage quit all the way. And this is like one of my best friends in the entire world. Who I trust with my life. And I was like, I'm never playing that game with that. Again. It was great. It was great. Oh, that's he, awesome. He demolished me in the fourth quarter. Mm. It was great. Um, well, I've got a little bit of experience. This yes, you started do. in 1994 with a little game called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. And uh, my buddies and I played hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and did nothing it was amazing <laughs> but the thing i remember most about those times back in the day was just the camaraderie of mm-hmm. getting together and i don't really think that there's any other experience out there that really brings people together like a tabletop role-playing game because it's it's kind of fun you get this common goal going everybody has this nerdy subject that they can dive into and i just never quit i played well all that I've played ever since. What's amazing about it is that because you're talking about the camaraderie, but you're literally building a story together Mm -hmm. and and no one knows what it's going to be right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, you have some like a kind of a path to go down and we're going to find it. Yeah, we're going to find the path. (laughs) But we're going to build this story as (laughs) we go. So it's like the most customizable, like fun, imaginative experience you can do in a game. Yeah. We could take it anywhere. Yeah. Just subscribe now. Why, what are you Come waiting on, for? What are you waiting for? for? <laughs> Go to our website, though, for real. It's just dicethunder.com. We have a website. It's got all of the goodies in there. Oh, yeah. Some about us. You can put some faces to the names. Got our character bios are up there. Uh, we've got all the links to all our social media. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Uh, we would appreciate it. Spread the word. You know? Spread the word. Spread the word. I know that Duval will do that to all of you. The, know I will. Oh. So hello, <laughs> no, even when he's hello told to. All, all, yeah, all do the it. Gibson's gangsters yeah, out there right, that have been following the Gibson gangsters. They already know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it's almost Sub as cool group. as Scott's tots. 
Oh, <laughs> don't bring up Scott's cause. What is that? Oh, never mind. It's an you office don't, reference. You don't, you don't know. That was, a, that was a cringe episode. That, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I, like, we've never watched The Office. Whoa. Yeah. We just lost half our listeners. Oh. No, I'm going to start. What? I'll start. Oh. It's worth it. I'll just say it's worth it. Yeah. Man. We're going to we're gonna have to watch a lot of TV now, hon. I mean, you just watched, like, Modern Family. Oh, it's was... better than Modern Family. <laughs> no, you it is. It get is. out of here. It is. Nothing's better than Sofia Vergara. She's hilarious. Oh. It's she, is, definitely... she is hilarious, but this is, is this is different. This and is better. another it's level different. of comedy we're talking it's about. It's a, it's an it's an it's an ensemble yeah. of yes. amazing comedians just I don't think, doing stuff. I don't think that's how you say that. It word. is ensemble. ensemble. <laughs> that's how it's pronounced. Comedian. That's how they spo- spell Comod- it. That's how I say it. Ensemble of comedians. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Well, this conversation's turning into pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. need a professor, professor chaos to help us. Oh, yes. Um, okay, well, um, now that we've chatted long enough, I think that it's time to jump right on in. Let's do it. To this wonderful game. So yes. we're going to go on a little trip, and we're going to this planet called Galarian. So uh, for those of you out there who are new to tabletop role-playing games, are new to Pathfinder, uh, the world of Pathfinder has a lot of lore in it. And that makes it really easy for a game master to look up some deets and, and or not, not Duncan deets, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> look up some details and uh, craft something that everybody can enjoy so uh i have all these libraries of books and things from pathfinder which we got all these books at the local game store here in tacoma terra crux games so if you're a nerd and you're looking for uh something fun to do on a weekend go to terra crux because they have like everything um, you need it's like three thousand square feet of just different games yeah yeah it's amazing it's awesome also you know downtown tacoma business gotta love it uh, so we're going to go on a little trip to this planet of Galarian, which is um, the real planet in the Pathfinder world. And on that planet is a city, a city called Absalom, which is known as the city at the center of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to arrive in the marketplace of Absalom and trotting down the street in that marketplace, we see... What do we see, Greg? We see a character, a person, a persona. A persona. A persona yeah. who is cat-like in appearance. Uh, you see Darnay Rue. Darnay Rue is 24 years old, so not too old. He's a, a male cat. Is that like 107 in cat years, though? Uh, <laughs> I'm not great at math, so I'm going to need to roll my D100 for that. <laughs> roll D100 to tell me how old Darnay Rue really is. Oh, to, how, to tell him how old. Do I have to do both? The D100. And the D10. Why? Because I want to see exactly how many years. If he's out of a hundred, where's my D10? This is this is the first dice roll of the this podcast. Is, I'm wasting <laughs> I'm wasting the first dice roll on on our, our Dice of Thunder oh, podcast. So many on people this. You just were like, I'm gonna go back to the McElroy. Fifty six <laughs> cat years old. <laughs> Amazing. So he's twelve. He's twelve. Oh. <laughs> or something. Anyway, uh, he stands at five four, five foot four. He's not very tall. It's very it's a very average height for. Uh, Kind of a young adult male cat folk. Amarun as they're known. A very athletic build. Um, he's got near black fur with some gray accents. 
minor striping, kind of like you'd see on a, on a normal house cat. Uh, his eyes are golden yellow, um, and he has tall cat ears that look like specifically like a lynx. Okay, so there's like some, uh, he, he's wearing a hood that comes over the top and his ears stick out. So you can see the lynx ears sticking out from the top. Um, ears are, are decorated ornately with uh, gems. Just kidding. They, he has earrings, gold hoop earrings through his uh, his ears on the top part of his ears. And now during, uh, towards the bottom, he has hanging obsidian stone earrings in both ears. But I think the most notice, noticeable thing you'll see about Darnayru is when he walks up, you see a giant brand across his right cheek that says Dar, D-A-R, right across his right cheek. Um, very, very noticeable. His hands, they're human-like hands. He's got ten fingers just like any natural human would, but they're covered in fur, and he has retractable claws like a cat. Uh, but he can still grab things and, and like normal. A cat-like feet um, as he walks around. Never wears boots. Always has bare feet. Uh, he's wearing a stone talisman. You can see it uh, wrapped around... Uh, or wrapped through a leather strap around his neck. It's always kind of hanging out of his shirt. Keeps trying to tuck it back in as he's walking, um, as it keeps swinging around. Uh, as he turns and away from you guys, you can see behind him, he's got a very, very short tail. Looks like a bobcat, a bobcat tail. Um, wearing black leather hooded armor, uh, fitted leather rogue armor um, with dark blue accents in it. And... Uh, the way he just looks around at people is like he, he's confident as he walks, but he almost is, is confident in a way that you can't, you tell that he doesn't trust anybody that's around him, that's around him. So he's always got this look of distrust on him, kind of like looking both ways every time he walks around. But that's uh, that's what you see is Darnayru is standing there. Hopefully I painted a, a delicate picture. I can see him. I can mm-hmm. see yeah. him. Yeah. Hey, and also we have some character art that's up on our website, dicethunder.com. So if you want to get it get a chance yes, to visualize what these uh, characters look like our amazing artist Ollie Bomb has oh, uh, has put that together now they may not all be up there you know on day one launch time but they're they're going to be there so check back um, so so Darnayru's walking through the marketplace of Absalom in the uh, the coins district which is right there in the heart in the center of Absalom and and what's amazing about the the coins is the amount of color in this space it literally looks like you walked into a crayola box that was blown up by an m80 and it's just everywhere uh, not that anyone here at this table's ever done anything like that <laughs> but uh, never uh, another thing that is great about the absalom marketplace is darn iru as unique as he is as a cat folk is not out of place this is the most diverse location in the entire world of absalom you're just as likely to see a minotaur walking down the street shopping with a naga looking at jewelry or you know just some ghosts hanging out having a conversation um as you are to see a a group of humans you know trying to sell fish um it is it is a wild place and uh and what we see darn iroh doing is looking at a message board now if you guys all want to head on over to roll 20 one of our amazing resources that we're using uh, you should see the Dice of Thunder. Page. Beautiful yeah. Dice of Thunder logo. Yeah. And and uh, I will show you what Darnayru sees on the message board. Is a... Uh, I want you for the Pathfinder Society enlist now. Enlistment poster. And the poster reads... Uh, actually, if you want to... Do you want to read that for me, Darnayru? 
Sure. Uh, am I reading it as Darnayru? If you'd like. It's up to you. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so Darnayru uh, sees this poster up on a board. says, I want you. And it says, next to the poster here, The Pathfinder Society is seeking contractors for an important mission on the man- in the Mana Wastes. Do you have what it takes to brave the mysteries of the impossible lands? It is the opportunity. If this opportunity sounds appealing, please see Venture Captain Ambrus Valsen in Skyreach at the Grand Lodge located in Absalom's foreign quarter. The Pathfinder Society is not responsible for any death, dismemberment, mutation, loss of property, loss of time, loss of sense of self, or any other non-specific malady that may befall anyone who accepts this summons. I, I wanted to say that, Milady. 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 I didn't put in an apostrophe there. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> uh, Malady? Yes, Malady. Uh, so, Darnayru sees this, and uh, that's uh, an appealing thing for why, for what I'm looking for in my life right now. Which is, what are you? Give us a little, a, a bit of. So, Darnayru is uh, coming back through Absalom because uh, he, in his past uh, in his history has done what's called a pilgrimage of sorts for uh, the Amaran or the Catfolk and where they go, once they reach a certain age, they just leave their community and go do something um, that's that seems seemingly impossible somewhere far from home and uh, he chose to go back to his ancient uh, I don't know how much information no, you want me to go into um, he wants to go not much, t- not much, unless okay. you want to <laughs> no, okay, he, uh, he to ch- save some for episode two, Greg, exactly <laughs> He chose for his pilgrimage to go to the ancient uh, grounds from the of the Amaran people, uh, and that is found below the city of Miraseth, which is in southern Garund. Uh, Miraseth was the town established by the Amaran to replace their historic ancestral grounds um, that is below uh, Miraseth. So at, on his way there, he stopped through a- Absalom and uh, actually got a little uh, taste for a little bit of the mana waste in that area and realized that there's lots of treasure to be found yeah. in there. And so really, Darnayru's big drive here is to find treasure. Uh, and whether that means I'm finding it off of living people or digging up dead people, <laughs> I'm down for that. So right now he's just looking for passage. He's just looking for passage to get down to the through the mana waste through the the cities of, of Geb and Nex um, to to kind of find some treasure. Okay, so that's the quest I'm on. So I, got, I got this itch to not be at home anymore, so I had to go. So he heads west out of the coins and out of that center district of Absalom and goes to the foreign quarter. Yep. And uh, the foreign quarter has several large buildings in it. The Erorium is one of them, the one of the tallest buildings in that quarter. But uh, the Absalom Grand Lodge, which is the host location for the Pathfinder Society kind of stands out. It's a huge campus, like a college campus. It's walled off um, on the uh, kind of the western side of the city. We're all looking at a map of Absalom right oh, now, yeah, folks. Yeah. So, Boom. I see it. Foreign quarter directly just, west of I the I just coins. wheeled myself over there and <laughs> pointed at the wall, but we're on the west side of the foreign quarter. Um, if you're curious, it's, you know, just... Google a map of Absalom, and uh, you'll be able to see what we're looking at. But, uh, uh, yeah, so so you're there, and you go into the Grand Lodge campus, and it is a resplendent campus, and it's perfectly manicured. There are large buildings everywhere. Arliss Hall off in the distance is one of the dormitory and apartment-style buildings, and there's a lot of mysterious buildings that have signs up that say no admittance unless... Um, 
given express permission by the Pathfinder Society. Um, but the the building that span, oh, excuse me, the building that stands out the most is the uh, Skyreach, which is the kind of main operations center for the Pathfinder Society. So. As you go in to Skyreach, what you see um, is a, like a reception desk, and there is a, a gnome woman sitting behind the reception desk, and surrounding her are like six different quills that all seem to be animated at the same time, writing on different Ooh. parchments. And uh, she doesn't seem to notice you or pay any attention to you. Do you uh, want to get her attention? Yep. Uh, excuse me, uh, Darn Anu wa- approaches the desk and says, "Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I am here to answer the summons." So she, all six of the quills stop writing oh at once, gosh. and she looks up at you and she says, um, "Could you be a little more specific?" <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I want to join the Pathfinder Society. I'm here to enlist. Oh, oh yes, yeah. No, you're looking for Amber Valson's office. I am definitely go, looking go, for. Sh- the- oh, all right. Yeah. No, I got. <laughs> Just go down the left hallway here, and, and it's the third door on your right. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great day. Thank you very much, you too. I don't think she meant that. <laughs> that didn't sound very She's genuine from to a me. Script, sound maybe? busy. So, uh, no, no, just, I so don't think she meant have a good day. Darnayru will head down that hallway in right. search of uh, Captain Ambrose of Valson's office. You notice that the door is open, and uh, you head into this office, and inside the office, it looks amazing. Everything is immaculate. It's clean. There is a library of books along the back wall. It looks very much like a like a dean's office in a college, so sort of. And there are several trinkets and, and collectibles that aren't don't clutter the space, but are displayed nicely and prominently. And you could tell that this person, Ambrose Valson, really cares for his space, right? And I'll, I'll show you what he looks like. So Ambrose Ball, uh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Ambrose Valson <laughs> is sitting behind his desk. Look at those chops. And uh, and the first thing you notice about him is his sick mutton chops. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. are amazing. But uh, nothing about this guy. <laughs> nothing about this guy is out of place. Uh, he okay. also has like the opposite hairline that I have, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. He's just got kind of a so center he, so he's mohawk. Bald on, so he's bald on top. Bald on the sides, and I was, yeah. I was trying no, to I appreciate yeah. that because, okay. but I'm not ashamed. People listening don't know what you look like. I'm bald guys. <laughs> bald as the day is long. Bald and proud. That's right. Uh. So if I was to take Ambrose Valson's hair, I would have great hair. <laughs> Because it would be a full head. I like your head just the way it is. Yeah, he's, but he's got yes. he's got really meaningful eyebrows too. Like those yeah. are they're pretty thick. They're aggressive. Those he's, are meaningful eyebrows. He's a human <laughs> male. He's tall. He's he's well built. He's in his uh, mid forties. Okay. Uh, yeah, the mutton chops and a soul patch. His hair is jet black, and he has a very stern look about him. You can tell he's all about business. Looks like he smells like uh, my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Like, does your, does your grandfather smell like a campfire or? Like a campfire and like <laughs> wild musk or something. Yeah. Wild yeah. musk. Right. Yeah. And he, and so he sees you as you walk in this office, which is also very well lit. Um, the light of the day is coming through the wall, uh, windows on one wall. He says, oh, hello there. Welcome. You must be answering the summons. Uh, I was just speaking with this person and you see another uh, person in the office with you as well. And. Brittany, what does that person look like? 
You see Luton. She is a two foot tall winged creature. Um, her skin is navy blue, uh, the color of like deep ocean, deep water, like the ocean. Um, she seems to be wearing um, armor fashioned from some sort of giant beetle. Sweet. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, she has silver hair uh, down to the ground. Um, and it's uh, it's adorned with coral beads and treasures that she's found in the sea. Um, her wings, she has wings, which is, um, I guess, rare in this area. Uh, it's rare for sprites in Galarian. Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, so she's got some wings. Um, they're iridescent. Uh kind of like a dragonfly. And she's got a discerning uh, and observant posture as she looks around. Um, she has gray eyes. And next to her is a young jaguar fitted with a small saddle. <laughs> he's standing by her side. Uh, he's got bright yellow eyes and a strong jaw. And his tail is lightly flicking back and forth. She's stroking him. And you can see his through his thick black fur, he's got some rosettes. Oh yes, okay. Well, welcome, welcome. Come on in, come on in. You, what's your name? Uh, my name is Darnayru. Darnayru, great. I was just speaking with Luton here about this mission. So, uh, if, if you, may, if it's all right, I'll start over. Uh, what the Pathfinder Society needs from you is to travel south down to the Mana Wastes and go to the city of Alkenstar. There are rumors coming out of that city, uh, and there are. Pathfinder Society agents that are telling tale of a developing situation. Something about some kind of a new weapon. Now, I'm not entirely sure if that carries any weight because there's rumors of new weapons coming out of Alkenstar daily, but uh, this request comes directly from the Decemvirate. So, um, what what I'll have you do is meet up with Head Initiate Jinira Gavix, who will... Uh, escort you along the way to uh, Alkenstar. That's the name of the city. Sorry. <laughs> I just scrolled down on my notes. <laughs> uh, Dar Nairu uh, asks, uh, not to be too forward, but is there any pay for this? Oh, yes. No, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because there is 200 gold pieces each upon completion of this contract. And what's great is all I need is information. Gather what you can. Any evidence, anything physical would be great. Uh, that helps. Uh, but we don't know what's going on. And we are not sending fully-fledged Pathfinder Society agents down there. Uh, unless you wish to join. Um, I have been authorized to conscript any volunteers for this mission. All right. Darnayru is, uh, just looks and nods in affirmation. All right. Uh, do you have any questions, ma'am? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Darnayru turns to Luton and says, Wonderful to meet you. I look forward to working with you. Likewise. Sweet. Oh, that's wonderful. So uh, from here, you will go and board the Mueller. It is a transport ship at the Absalom docks, and uh, you will sail down to the city of Quantium, which is the capital of Nex. That travel takes about a week. Uh, from there, Janira will help you acquire overland travel where you'll go west to uh, southwest into the mana wastes and into the city of Alkenstar. That will also take about eight or nine days. And what's very important. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Today is Monday, the first of Serenith and you must attend 
the showing of The Hearts at High Noon, which is a play uh, being put on at the Barrel and Bullet Saloon, <laughs> which is located in the city of Alkenstar. You must attend on Fire Day, the 19th of Serenith. This is incredibly important. Your trip should allow you to arrive that afternoon. So you have very little time. You will need to leave tomorrow morning. Wow, okay. Are there any questions about any of that? Uh, no, sir. Thank you for this information, and we will be on our way. Well, this was very easy. I appreciate <laughs> it. What about you? No, thank no, you, sir. Again, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> head outside. Janira's waiting for you. I have a lot of business to attend to. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. Awesome. So is there anything we uh, need to prepare before we jump on the ship, GM? Nope, I don't think so. You guys are pretty well prepared for the very beginning of this entire story. So Beautiful. <laughs> level one characters. We have level one characters. Yeah. So as you head out, in the office, out of the office and into the hallway, there is a uh, halfling woman waiting for you outside. And I also know what she looks like. So we'll, we'll bring her up. I'm showing this to everybody using roll 20. So you see a halfling woman who's wearing some uh, full, like, scale mail. She's uh, well clad uh, as head initiate. Uh, she's got a crossbow uh, slung across her back, and um, she's got short crop blonde hair, light skin, and uh, she looks like she's ready to travel. And she says to you, oh, hello, uh, you must be the volunteers who are headed down to the Manoase, is that right? Darn response? Yes, we are. Oh, Thank you very much. Great. Well, I'm Janira Gavix, and uh, if you'd like to follow me, please, I'm going to, to lead you out of the Grand Lodge area, and I'll, I'll walk you down to the Flying Alderman, which is the inn uh, located in the southern uh, side of the Foreign Quarter, which is right next to the uh, border of the Docks District. Should make for a, a nice and uh, easy morning. Uh, the ship leaves right at dawn. The Mueller keeps a tight schedule, so uh, you'll need to arrive at Pier 17 first thing in the morning a first light and uh, from there the ship's captain will uh, arrange travel uh, I will be bored I will be traveling with you as well so I will, I will meet you on the docks Lieutenant turns and says thank you so much of course it's my pleasure Cool. So always nice to meet someone a little shorter than me <laughs> I, I don't mean to point it out but as a halfling you know we always get looked down upon <laughs> <laughs> literally that's great okay so we're heading to the inn the essentially flying alderman yeah flying alderman so you guys travel with janira and you travel through the foreign quarter which has a, a wonderful selection of different cultures and uh and sites and stuff to see but uh, it's you don't have much time and so uh is it crowded in this uh quarter no it's not crowded. There's lots of space walking around. Yeah, there. It's it's not very crowded. It is. It's a city street area, and and Absalom itself is a massive city. It's the biggest city in the world of Galarian, and it sprawls several miles. And the tallest buildings are several spires, lots of magical colleges and stuff like that that, uh, that you can see. And it, it's just a wonderful place. Looks like a fantasy you know mega city in your mind there's creatures flying all around there's you might see some uh leshies running through the streets so plant plant people uh i really like leshy <laughs> and uh there you'll see them scampering along going about their business uh, you'll you see a group of hobgoblins that are marching by 
which is odd because that's not normally something you'd see in the city of Absalom, even though it is a strange place. But huh. hobgoblins are newly welcomed to this area, so they're still very militant, though. And they there's six of them marching uh, two by three. The ants go marching two by two. Sorry. The hobgoblins go yeah. marching <laughs> two by three. Hurrah. They're not looking at anyone. They're keeping their eyes straight forward, and they seem to be headed off into some place specific. But you're Luton. not really sure where. Luton turns to Dinaria. Do you think that the hobgoblins have anything to do with the weapons? Uh, he, he responds, um, that's a great question. I feel like we should keep our eyes open. I agree. And ears to the ground. And yes. Chinira overhears you, and she pipes up and says, Oh, no, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, <laughs> but but definitely not in Alkenstar. They have a new nation, you see, over in uh, Nirmathos and Molthun. It's the nation known as Oprak, which didn't exist just a few years ago. <laughs> they sort of carved it out for themselves, and, and in an effort to keep the peace, the leading council of Absalom has, has welcomed them into the city. Of, uh, honestly, they, they make me a little nervous, too. Darnayru asks, have they been causing any trouble at all? N- no. Uh, more of, like, misunderstandings. But I see. They are highly self-disciplined. In fact, if any of them start acting out of line, the others usually step in. They police themselves. They're very disciplined. This is good. This is good. Yeah. So do you guys keep heading to the inn? Yeah. Uh, once we get to the inn and I know where it's at, I would like to go to a local tavern if I can and uh, kind of stay there and essentially pretend to drink, but I'm going to be pickpocketing. Okay. I'm trying to make a little bit of change before we leave town. So um, Janira pipes up and says, oh, if you're, if you're looking for a place to... to drink and, uh, and carry on a little bit, you can go to the Crimson Coin, which is located here in the Foreign Quarter. And her voice slipped into a little bit of a Scottish accent there. It's great. <laughs> I apologize. She's not a dwarf! <laughs> She's not Sadly. a dwarf. Uh, thank you very very much. She, uh, she sings songs about potatoes! <laughs> <laughs> so Darnayru, uh, once we get established where the inn is, uh, would like to go there. Alright, so you guys leave your... Do you want to join him, or are you happy camping uh, out in the inn? Luton's going to stay in the inn. Okay. I also, not rudely, but just didn't really offer. That's all right. It's worth the party like, on yeah. the first episode. First episode. You both die. Lightning bolts from Great. the sky. Had you been together, <laughs> you would have been able to share the dr- damage, but instead you each took full damage. Sky bowels. <laughs> oh, no. Deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. Anyway. But I won't stay there very long. Yeah, just because so in and you out. Go, you go to the Crimson Coin, and it is a bar that is built around a massive fighting pit. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. People are going to be so distracted. Yeah, so there's just, like, lots of noise and raucous environment, and there's half-orcs cheering, punch them in the solar plexus, and you're like, (laughs) how do half-orcs know what solar plexus are? And another half-orc's like, I studied biology (laughs) at the university. And because you shouldn't judge half-orcs. No, I'm kidding. Which we definitely were. (laughs) um, Are there any... uh, Knowledge checks, or I should say, recall knowledge abilities that you'd like to use, or what? What do you think? Because we are in Gill. Since you're listening and you're right. you're concerned about the rules, we're in what's considered downtime. Yeah. And so what Darnayru is doing is taking advantage of that downtime to try to make a few bucks. Yep, like a few and, bucks uh, on the side. So essentially, when I when I walk in there, uh, Darnayru would like to see, just kind of get a uh, scope for the area and see everyone's attention level to what's going on. See if it's a distracted, distracted enough environment for me to kind of just make my way through the whole um, the whole area and just pickpocket as I go, kind of. Okay. 
Um, so would that be rolling a perception check there, GM? Well, to use your uh, thievery skill in order to make a few bucks on the side, I just need you to roll a thievery check. I would love to do that. I rolled a natural 20. Let's go. Wow. And my my thievery is a plus seven, so I just rolled a 27. (laughs) With a critical success. A critical success. Break yourself. Wow. All right, so so let's back up a step. So what you're doing, um, Gail, is uh, (laughs) Greg has a a lot of polyhedral dice, and we roll all those to determine everything in the game that's related to... uh, Random chance. So uh, he rolled a 20-sided dice, and it came up with a 20, which is cheating. Did anybody verify that? I did, yeah. Yeah? I look Uh, every time. Yeah. (laughs) Good. I'm just mad that I probably wasted it when I need this in a combat. Okay, so we got 27 total on the die. Yeah, and if that sounded weird, it was because we literally took 20 minutes to look up the rules. That's my bad. Um, This game... It has rules for everything, which I absolutely love because it allows you to enjoy the like details of your character and the surroundings and the environment. The, the folks at Paizo have done the work of figuring out how to solve every situation. So uh, there's, a, there's a rule for everything in this game, and you don't need to memorize them, as I just proved by <laughs> spending some time to look it up. But uh, what... Uh, Greg and Darnayru are doing is the earned income uh, task and so he rolled a 27 he is trained in thievery which means that he goes around and gently picks pockets from everybody here at the bar Mm. and because he rolled a 20 and got a critical success he gets an extra bump in his level on uh, on the result of his income which means he gets three silver pieces too bad these people aren't a little richer if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, so three silver points, adding it to my money. There you go. So um, that's pretty fun that uh, Darnayru did that. So any, do you want to do anything other than steal from the poor folks who are trying to enjoy <laughs> some drinks at this bar? No, literally, I came here just to do just that. Just to steal. Just to steal, because I don't want to be out all night because we have to leave early in the right. morning. So right. Darnayru, uh, so after that beautiful, successful pickpocketing, uh, will head back to the inn okay. to kind of center himself and get ready for what the travel that he's going to be going Great. on. So you head back to the uh, Flying Alderman, and the innkeeper greets you as you walk in the door. And he's a he's an old half work that slightly resembles a walrus. He's just this big old. Yeah. Oh, oh, good evening. Uh, you must be Donairu. I was told to expect you. Uh, Janira is my old friend, and she said that you needed a room. I already sent that lovely young lady up to to her room with her very intimidating looking cat. You see a lot of strange things in Absalom, but uh, well, I was really afraid. But anyway, uh, head on up, and I'll make sure you wake up. Call is ten minutes before dawn. Yes, thank you, kind sir. I will have pleasure. Have a great evening. All right, so you guys turn in for the night, um, which passes, and uh, and you wake up the next day and head toward the docks, which I had to like look right at Jordan in the eye because he's still playing raucous bar music, even <laughs> though we're at the inn and we're sleeping. Hey. I was keep, told to play that music. Keep up. <laughs> Here, shipyards. Shipyard. Oh, thank you. We're now in the shipyards. All right, Sirenscape for all of your gaming. Jordan's, like, uh, Jordan's like, I'll tell you where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the magic we'll Coliseum. Leave when I say we leave. 
You arrive at the docks, and you uh, you see Pier 17. You see Janira waiting there for you, and she's uh, is motioning for the two of you to board the Mueller and set off towards Quantium. So Darnayru steps forward and then turns his back to Janira and just looks at the city one last time, takes a deep breath, turns, and slowly starts walking toward her. All right. She starts immediately walking towards the boat, not a morning person, apparently. And uh, you guys board the boat. All right. So the, the captain greets you and uh, shows you your quarters. Uh, this is a, a merchant vessel that's often goes back and forth between uh, Quantium and Absalom as a, a, a trade route. Um, and shortly after dawn, the ship pulls out of port and begins sailing. So you guys sail for, a, it, it takes a full week, seven days pass. Uh, you have an opportunity, of course, to talk if you'd like or not. Um, I, I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, I think because uh, we're traveling for like two weeks. One yeah, week. so the first leg of this is by boat. Yeah, and so on this boat, there's not probably not going to be much to do. So Darnayru would turn to Luton and uh, say, so... Uh, what brings you on this journey or on this quest? Um, I am coming from the Taldor region, uh, looking for magic. I have magic and uh, I'm not sure. I'm looking for answers. So that's why I'm here. Then <coughs> that makes much sense. I just coughed literally into the microphone. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I am seeking treasure. The gold, the shiny, the gems of the world. Um, and then maybe Darnayru will go into a little bit of his his uh, his past. His family he comes from a long line of gem hunters and animal hunters. That's what his father's trade was. He would, uh, Brecker is his name, and he would go around and uh, find gems and find um, and hunt animals for their pelts. And then he would trap. He's a traveling merchant. He'd go around and sell, and that's literally how we made money. So. Um, so Darnayru shares a little bit of, of that family history with Luton nice. on this journey. Okay. So the the trip goes without any incident as you travel south through the Obari Ocean along the eastern coast of the continent of Garund. So, Gail, in your mind, if you're trying to picture what all that looks like because you've never played Pathfinder, um, the continent of Avastan is very similar to Europe. Um, Absalom would be sort of like Greece, geographically, and it is in what's known as the Inner Sea, which is very similar to the Mediterranean. Um, there's a, another ocean that opens up off of the Inner Sea in the eastern, the southeastern part. Uh, that is the Obari Ocean, and it's a, a wide, expansive ocean, which would be very similar to the Indian Ocean uh, on our planet. And the continent of Garund is very similar to Africa. The northern stretch of it is all desert that spans from west all the way to the east, um, like the Sahara. And then in the center of the northern half of the continent is the Mwangi Expanse, which is a huge jungle with um, lots of mystery and magic. Uh, and actually, the source of magic for humans comes right out of the Mwangi Expanse. On the far western side of Gurund is a perpetual class 5 hurricane known as the Eye of Abendego which formed thousands of years ago upon the death of Eridan who was the like 
big time lowercase g god that roamed around the area at the time. So the Pathfinder faithful out there are like, that's not all that you did. <laughs> <laughs> and they would be absolutely correct. Um, but for the sake of the Gales. <laughs> yeah, but for Gail, you know, out there just trying to listen to her son play Pathfinder, we're not going to go all the way into Aridin's miracles. Um, <laughs> as you continue down the eastern coast of Garun, like I said, you pass by Osirian, which is a, an Egyptian-themed uh, country. There's lots of tombs, and uh, they venerate a, a lot of the Egyptian pantheon of gods. You know, you've got Osiris and and... Bastet and uh, Isis and all that stuff out there. That's a god. <laughs> there we go. Uh, further south is Katapesh. Uh, Katapesh is a huge country. It has a massive city. I think the city of Katapesh is like um, almost larger than Absalom. Like it's, it's a rival to yeah. And you can continue further south and you get to the nation of Nex, which is next huh <laughs> but uh jordan, jordan you see what i did there <laughs> where's the sound effects on that one yeah <laughs> hey, there there you go. Go. <laughs> my guy um and in the northeastern corner of next is the city of quantium and as you approach quantium is amazing to behold as a sight traveling by boat across the water Nex is a nation built on magic, and they they love that stuff. You can't get enough magic in Nex. There are wizards everywhere. Everything is like floating in this city. They just they're just showing off. That's really what Quantium is all about: showing off how powerful magic can be. Um, and so you would pull in, or you do pull into the docks of Quantium. And uh, disembark. The captain thanks you for a peaceful trip. The last bunch of travelers perhaps were rowdy. And then um, Janira uh, travels with you through the city of Quantium and uh, out to the outskirts, past the gates, and you come up to a caravan. Uh, she meets with the caravan leader, exchanges some gold, and then uh, walks up to you. And she says, oh, I've, I've secured you guys passage. Uh, to the southwest through through next and and into the mana wastes now i i have uh, been told by the caravan leader that once you reach the mana wastes you'll all need to wear these and she hands you two like protective face masks oh sometimes there there's toxic gases and, and other things that can creep up probably not <laughs> but um you all read the but disclaimer right <laughs> I, I, I have to leave you from here. I'm very sorry, but I have some business uh, here in, in Quantium, so I'll, I'll be staying here. But uh, you you two, head on out. Uh, remember what uh, Amber said. He Collect any evidence that you can. You're just looking for information, so try not to get into any trouble. Uh, you don't need to uh, worry about digging digging too hard. Really, we just need somebody to chronicle all the information that we're getting out of Alkenstar. Because the rumors are kind of weird. Perfect. So, uh, Darn Andrew takes the mask from uh, Janira and, yeah. and put, takes his hood down, puts the mask on, and then flips his hood back up so he looks like a sweet ninja. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, Luton turns to Janira and says, uh, Excuse me, ma'am. What 
rumors do you speak of? Oh, well, uh, that's a great question. So uh, Alkenstar is a strange place. There, there's no magic there. The Mana Wastes, they're really a difficult place for anyone who uses magic because it doesn't work in that entire region. Um, so what, what the folks in Alkenstar have done is learn how to rely on technology. Right near Alkenstar is the dwarven sky citadel of Dongan Hold, which is where firearms were invented. So you never know what's going to come out of there. It could be a massive weapon. Uh, it, it could just be a, a, a machine that helps people fly. I, we, we're not really sure. I, I know, I don't tell you something, though. I'm somewhat of a chronicler myself, and um, the city of Alkenstar has the biggest cannon in all of Galarian. Isn't that neat? <laughs> it's pointed to the west because when the Gorilla King invaded from the Mwangi Expanse, they had to shoot it. Okay, but they've only shot it twice. <coughs> Nerd alert! Yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's true. I, I I am something of a of a bibliophile, and I I do love research, and uh, so so yeah. When you when you get to see that, it's really neat. It's called the Great Maw of Rovagug. That's that's the name of it. That's legit. It's <laughs> it's basically a giant gun. Uh, do you recommend we start at this dwarven sky citadel? Uh, n- no, uh, I think you should go to the Bull- Bullet and Barrel Saloon. That was that was where uh, Ambrose told you to go. You wrote these notes down, right? Yeah, good job. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I've never once been late for anything in my life. <laughs> so uh, this trip overland will take about 10 days is what I'm being told. I think that puts you pretty much right on time to, to meet up at the Bullet and Barrel on the 19th. Very important. You have to go and watch the play uh, because... Uh, someone is expecting you. I, and, I, and I wish I knew who it was. Mm. Uh, is there any other information before we depart? Um, no, just be safe. Remember, don't don't fall in, in, under the intention of any of the town guards or anything. We want to try to keep this low key. Understood. Thank you very much. All right. Safe travels. Thank you. So the, uh, the caravan leader... Rounds you guys up, and and you have a private wagon that uh, that you ride in. It's pulled by a few, a couple oxen, and uh, and it heads out. And uh, you make the trip over land. It's very uneventful, but you do get to see the difference between the uh, between Nex and the Mana Waste when you get there. Okay. Now, for those of you listening at home that love all this lore and nerdy stuff, I'm talking to you, good buddy Phil. Uh, <laughs> the Mana Waste is essentially the DMZ of Galarian and D magic zone D magic zone because south of there is the nation of Geb and Geb is a nation of the dead it's literally run by a ghost named Geb who's not at all you know proud of himself (laughs) named his whole country after himself but um, that's great (laughs) but it's it's a it's a very stark difference between Nex. Nex is absurdly full of life, magic, and mystery, and wizardry. And Geb is run by a lich, and oh. being alive is the minority of this whole country. Now, creepy. they. Yeah, it's very creepy down there. 
But these two countries have been at war with each other for thousands of years. And I mean like 5,000 years. And so the mana waste is literally the, the magical fallout of this war between zombies and wizards. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And, okay. uh, and that's where you're going. Sweet. A, a city right smack dab in the right middle of it that has uh, issued. There's a $10 word for the podcast. <laughs> issued. Magic. Uh, all together. And relies on technology. I'm drawing this out so that Jordan can download the Alkenstar sound set. Because we're heading there now. Ooh. And the Bullet and Barrel Saloon. Is where we're headed. Yeah. So, um... As the days go by, uh, you arrive precisely on the 19th of Serenith. Now, it's morning when you get there. And as you pull in to the town, uh, outside the uh, the town gates, you notice that a bunch of um, people, a bunch of beings and figures walk up to you, and they all seem to be heavily armed. And one of them... It's a trap. Is, <laughs> <laughs> One of them steps out from the group, and you see this uh, elven woman with uh, tanned skin. She's got uh, blue and silver hair, and she's carrying a long rifle. You notice that one of her eyes is gray, and the other is red. (laughs) And she approaches you and says, Pardon me, but... uh, you all need to surrender your goods and all of your property. You see, we don't take too kindly to smugglers in the city of Smog. And as she says this, the uh, eight other people that are with her all pull out rifles and aim them at you and the rest of the, the people in the caravan. And then she says, by order of the shield marshal, the two of you, and she points at Darnayru oh, and Lutash, will need to come with me after surrendering all of your property. You see, you're wanted for questioning. Uh, can I do a diplomacy check or something to not have to surrender everything and still go with her? Is that a thing? Um, you can use diplomacy. Absolutely. So, uh, Gail... What Greg's doing is he's going to try to talk his way out of this. Um, so I'm, I'm mostly just like, hey, uh, I, I would be like, Dart and I would say, we pose no threat and we will come willingly. And and then imply like not to give his so stuff. So say it. What you're going to say? I just said that. Dart and I Rue says, um, uh, we will go with you, but we pose no threat. Uh, please allow us to keep our goods. All right. Roll a d20 for diplomacy. A 12 plus a 5. So I got a 17. All right. So she, she looks at you and says, oh, I don't think you understand what's going on here, son. <laughs> I, figured, I figured that's what it was. <laughs> you see, I'm a shield marshal. And in the town of Alkenstar, the shield marshals call the shots. Now, you're going to give us what you've got because you're a smuggler. And then you and that little fairy and her little kitten are going to come with me. Or there's going to be trouble. And you hear some rifles start cocking, click-clacking. And as this happens, right after she says, there's going to be trouble, you hear a gunshot ring out. There it is. (laughs) 
from a wise way. And one of the shield marshals just drops. And oh, dang. They all turn <gasps> yes. and look. And up on a building that you can see off in the distance. Well, what do we see off in the distance? Oh, my gosh. Looking in the direction of where the shot came from, you see the silhouette of a humanoid shape in the distance perched on the roof of a faraway building. As the mysterious figure stands up from a kneeling position, you see the shape of a long gun in its hands with a cloud of smoke slowly billowing from the barrel and two bright green eyes that seem to be peering directly at you from beneath a hooded cloak. The unknown shape walks towards the ledge of its advantageous rooftop rooftop, and quickly disappears as it drops to the alleyway below. That was such a cooler entrance than mine. Is Batman <laughs> in this thing? At the same time, without any sound, an arrow just seems to appear in the face of another shield marshal. <laughs> yes. And they all turn around and try to find out where that's coming from because it doesn't make any sound. And finally, they locate on another building another strange figure. And what do they see? They see Kairos Davalo. He is six foot thin but muscular. He's 28 years old, but you wouldn't know his age by looking at him. His dark skin, his painted vestige plumage in royal blue and pure white, dotted and zigzagged in, in silver and black accents. He has bright white eyes and bright white fangs. His eyes seem to take in everything but nothing at the same time. It's a sign of his an eternal wisdom and intellect. He um, has uh, silver and pearl necklaces and chokers and bangles and topaz piercings of all sorts on his ears and his nose. Um, he, uh, on his hairless face, he has the markings of a worshiper of Nethys, which forms what looks like a beard, and it, it, it kind of cascades down his back. Um, every movement is purpose in how he turns his head, if he lifts his hands, is calculated, and it's intent on understanding and discovery. This dude is on a mission. The knowledge is more important to him than food, and when he's in contemplative mode, he's rubbing his hands together, and, and between his hands, he has this ancient shisk quill between his palms, sort of like in a prayer pose. And, but when he's in combat, he sort of slightly hovers off the ground, revealing his asymmer heritage through his father. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, this is so epic. good. So he uh, also drops down off of the building that he's perched on and disappears. So uh, Angelique Loveless says, oh, it's those terrorists again. Everybody take cover and open fire. And as she says that, the caravan leader says, go quickly, hide into the city. He says this to the two of you, and he, gah, gah, and he yes. spurs on the the uh, the caravan, like the oxen of the uh, the wagon that he's hitched to, and he charges right into these shield marshals. And they all kind of scatter, and uh, so, so what do you guys do? You have in this moment. Darnayru drops to all fours and just starts hoofing it behind, like, this is a train going through a crowd of bad guys. I'm running right behind it to get into the city. And Luton jumps on Kyle Ellis back and falls right behind. Yeah! Awesome. Alright, so, off you go. You hear gunshots raining. You hear the clanging of swords and fighting and screaming. But then you hear something that you're not very happy with. The gunshots end. Uh-oh. Round them up! You hear in the distance, after them, they're headed into the city. You hear other shield marshals shouting out, they won't get away and find those terrorists. Those two have been up to no good for a long time. 
and you guys sort of disappear into the city of Alkenstar. Yes. As we begin the campaign, the Outlaws of oh, Alkenstar. Yeah. 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 And we will see you in part two. Yes. Oh, woo. Yeah. Uh, theme music, Duncan, if you if you'd please. <laughs> <laughs> Dice of Thunder and the Dice of Thunder podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Dice of Thunder and the Dice of Thunder podcast are not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. <laughs>